When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Teardown. My name is Jeff Buck. I'm along with my co-worker, Jordan Bianchi. We are motorsports writers for The Athletic, and today we are here to talk about the abbreviated Atlanta Motor Speedway race. Jordan is at Atlanta Motor Speedway. He's in a very lovely room that they gave him. Uh, so uh, if you heard the last podcast from Atlanta, he was in a, a room with a bunch of assorted Coke stuff or all sorts of gear and you're moving up in the world, Jordan. So <laughs> no broom closet today. No broom closet. Fun race though, man. This is, I am really looking forward to talking about this with you because I think you and I are going to be in agreement and I almost feel like we're kind of in the minority a little bit. Yeah. I feel sad uh, because um, I think we are going to agree. We haven't talked about the race at all, but I just feel like we're going to end up on the same side of things. And a lot of people on Twitter are like really mad. Um, and we can try to go through some of the reasons we're obviously, I don't think we're going to agree with the people, but we can sort yeah. of sort through why. But, um, so, I mean, look, I mean, to me, this might've been the best race of the year. It was, I thought it was outstanding. Oh my, oh, you, you cringed already. This was really, really good I mean, I race. Know, really, really, really it was good. Really, really good. It was, it was really, really good. I don't know if I want to go with the best race of the year. Kansas was pretty darn special. Um, uh, this was really good though. And you know what I liked about this race is yes, it was a super speedway race and all of the craziness, but it did feel like the drivers had some element of control tonight. Like they had to fight really hard, especially early on when the when the track was really hot still to hold, you know, to, to wrestle their cars. And it wasn't just pack racing. It, there was something more to it. It was a lot of respects. It reminded me of the old Daytona where handling was so much well, paramount there. I thought it was great. Drivers could make moves, by the way. Like, unlike we've seen at Talladega and Daytona with this car, you could make moves. You could swing out. You could make passes. I, I thought this race delivered in a lot of respects. And I I tweeted this tonight, and I, I stand by it. I watched this tonight, and my mind made, was made up about this track. I don't miss the old configuration. I, I think what they did here was the smart thing. And I think you're starting to see what it's coming to be now. Where yes, it's super speedway racing, but there's it's going to start to wear a little bit, and you're going to have a little bit of elements of intermediate racing as well. That makes sense. Look, I mean, excitement-wise, yeah, I don't see how you could argue that this track yeah. is. I mean, and look, in in that sense, look, apologies to Marcus Smith. Sorry, I was yeah. out. Absolutely, super big critic of going to this, and obviously, look, I mean, I still think with the next gen car, a mile and a half tracks. You would have had some Absolutely. good shows, but you know, from an excitement factor, I mean, this was thrilling. This was great stuff. Um, I mean, it's, it's good. What, what can you say? If, if you tune into NASCAR to be entertained, they're giving you the entertainment with the new Atlanta motor speedway. It, they just are. It's just a good, it's, it's wild. Um, look, I mean, Daryl Waltrip says tonight on Twitter, I'm a driver, owner, TV personality, uh, but most of all race fan tonight's race was the best I've ever seen. I don't wow. know about that, but, That's um, wow. I mean, right. So yeah. people are being thrilled by what they saw. I mean, I really think if you just take the action, I mean, stage one, you know, originally it starts out and they, they sort of immediately get kind of single file for a bit. And you're like, uh Oh, is this going to be like a single file train kind of race? But toward the end of stage one and from then on, and especially if the rain got closer and closer and closer, um, the action just was intense. It picked up. Uh, it, it was just, it was really great. I mean, I just, <clears throat> I think if you like, I, I, I tweeted a version of this, but if you watched the Chicago race for the first time last week, like if you were a new fan and you're like, yeah. Oh, I'll give NASCAR a try. All right, check it out. And then let's say you carried over and you saw this tonight. You'd be like, oh my gosh, what have I been missing all my life? Like, this is incredible. <laughs> um, 
It's a perfect follow. It was the perfect follow up for what Chicago was. Is you gave you gave consumers an entertaining uh, meal basically, and said, "Here, try this." And then they came back and they're like, "Wow, I want more of this." And then you gave them something else even better. It, it was it was perfect. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, and this is and this is where we can start talking about the rain, I guess, right? I don't. You, you really can't have it both ways. The, there's no question in my mind, zero question that the rain, the impending weather, um, had a major outcome on the excitement factor of the race, right? You know, as they're even, even as they're approaching halfway and they, they end up getting 55 more laps past halfway, but as halfway is coming lap 130, you're like, are they even going to get there? Cause the rain is coming in. We know mm-hmm. a lot of times ahead of the rain could be lightning mm-hmm. and that could have shut it down anytime. Right? So you know, the rain's coming, rain's coming. The intensity's picking up everybody, especially once they get to the end of stage two, everybody's going, go, you've got to go now like this. You cannot wait. Um, you know, and, and, and they all went, everybody was going, everybody knew that the, the, the race could end at any time. That was a known, it wasn't like it surprised anybody. It wasn't like a storm popped up out of nowhere or like there was a random lightning strike and like, oh my gosh, the race is over. Everybody saw this coming from the green flag, this big wave of storm. And it wasn't the kind of storm where it was going to be like scattered showers. This was like a big, big blob of rain that was going to take hours to go to pass through hours. I mean, raining and then trying to dry the track, all this stuff. When you factor in that it was a night race, not only a night race, but a Sunday night race, not just a Saturday, a Sunday night, which I believe NASCAR, this is, we haven't seen many of these Sunday night races, but at NASCAR is absolutely going to treat that differently than a Saturday night race. They know people have got to get And home. they did because they fish. I, I swear they officiated it a little bit differently tonight with a couple of non caution calls. Yep. They let the, uh, there was a Gregson, uh, Gregson one where I think he collided with Bush and they were both slowed, but they, they didn't call caution for it. And then the Harvick, the Harvick one at the end, I mean, he's, Oof. They let that go, um, and they were trying to get as much racing as they could, I think, right? I, they followed the whistle, and I don't really have a problem with either. They were consistent, which is what we asked for, and I don't have a problem with it because I don't think in either case those necessarily warranted a caution. So I was okay with that. Well, 90% of the time they are a caution, whether they warrant it, right. But, Depends, yeah. Yeah, so – and they were consistent, you're saying, compared to themselves tonight, but not tonight. Tonight, others. oh yeah, not yeah. on a race to race basis, not at all. Yeah. So look, I mean, okay, so we all know the rain's coming. So, but the, the and that that raises excitement factor. But the trade off is, you don't know when it's coming, and and mm-hmm. whenever it comes, we just have to accept that's <laughs> it. You don't get to decide when the lightning strike happens or when the first drops start falling. So. There's an incident, you know, with uh, the Bubba Priest Stenhouse kind of incident, right? And that stops the race. They're going under caution. And as they're cleaning up that, you know, the, the sprinkles start. And that, and this is where I think people were most upset on Twitter. I asked people why they're upset. People felt like, well, wait a minute. You just wasted 10 more laps under caution. It was sprinkling. It was drizzling. You could have con- gone back to green before the real rain hit. I cannot take that side in even the slightest because of Daytona August race last year, right? I mean, we were screaming on this podcast last year. Unbelievable. I can't believe they wrecked the entire field. How could they do that? How could they be, you know, they've got to be more responsible. Do they need rain sensors around the track? They need, okay. Everybody saw this rain was coming for hours. Everybody saw it drop, start to fall. Unless the, Rain stops unless there's no more drops and they say, okay, I think we have a little bit more time. It's no rain right now. Let's try to get some more laps in. Unless that was the case, which wasn't the case. I think you have to see if it stops and if it doesn't stop, that's it. Am I wrong? No, you're right. And I think Daytona was a part of the pun, a watershed moment of how they officiate these races when it comes to rain. And they do not want to see that again. They, they made a mistake. NASCAR admits that. And you can't do it. And it was, it was, there was rain falling. It wasn't a lot of rain, but there was rain falling. And it also was an instance of not only is there a little bit of rain falling, more is coming and that more could happen at any second. 
and you don't and that's kind of what happened at daytona which was one part of the track it wasn't raining and then all of a sudden it was raining and you don't know when that's going to happen at these speeds on this kind of track you can't do that uh i don't really have any i have zero issue with how this played out they did the right thing they were hoping that this kind of blew over get back to racing it didn't and then when as soon as it picked up by the way they called him to pit road and stopped it i like i it's really hard to quibble with how this played out. I think also, you know, it's, it's, it's a matter of like, is it fair to everybody? And the fact that everybody knew it was coming, every driver's being told, Hey, rain is 10 minutes out. Rain is in pen. I mean, you know, you know, it's coming. So last week we had a situation with the race being shortened and then, you know, that, that some teams felt like, well, this is not fair because some have already made our pit stop. And then you just decided this in this case, it was fair to everybody because everybody was on the same page. Everybody knew what was going to happen to me. That's, that's my opinion. Um, I think the one person who could have said, this is not fair. Had things gone a little bit differently would have potentially been Michael McDowell because his strategy was, well, let me, let me try to milk that. He was on like sort of the old Keselowski strategy where He's trying to milk his fuel for as long as he can. He he had gone 91 laps without pitting uh, by the time the end of that race, and his fuel had to be practically nothing, right? He's trying to hang on to a playoff spot, which he currently is in the playoffs right now in the 16th spot um, because of this result. Had they run it a few more laps, he runs out of fuel or something, then you maybe you, you go, if you're him, you're like, well, that's not fair. You know, you could have called us red or whatever. So I really think if you go down through the order – Everybody knew it was coming. Keselowski finished the six. If you're a Keselowski fan, you're, you're upset. You're mad that he was in this situation where he was leading. He had to make the decision to pit. You know, they said, well, he could have stayed out. Well, you talked to Matt McCall. So why don't you tell us what they're, how, how much could, could they have made it? No, they, they could not have made it. One, Brad was leading and, and two, they just did that thing. If the race were restarted, they were going to run out. They, they could not go any further than they had gone. They had hit their breaking point. And they, to them, it was a no-brainer almost. When you look at the numbers and everything like this, they did, they had no choice but to pit, and so they have no regrets. I mean, it was a tough spot to be in, and they debated about it on the radio. But they looked at the numbers, and they were going to run out. Period. Yeah, and I think well, you go okay, well, and I'm not sure if they if he and McDowell had pitted on the exact same lap. They I think, did not. Oh, okay, okay. They pitted before McDowell pitted, I'm, and I'm going off memory here, but I'm pretty. Uh, McCall said. They pitted before McDowell, which is why they had to pit, which is why McDowell was able to stay out longer. Interesting. Okay. Well, and even so, like, let's say they had pitted on the same lap because that that was what I had figured, right? So they end up going 20 laps. At the time, Matt McCall was telling Brad Keselowski, I think we can go 14 laps after the the stage three start. I think we can go 14 laps. And, but maybe only 12 because you've been leading, as you said, he's leading, you're not getting as good fuel mileage as Justin Haley claimed was the case for him in the Xfinity race. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah, there's, they, there's no way like that. They, they just, it was just a bad break, bad timing for them. That, that's just what happened. Right. It, it happened. So again, you can be upset if you're a Keselowski fan, but to blame NASCAR or somebody for not doing this, not doing that. I just, I think everybody knew what was coming. They operated under that strategy and that's why I can't be upset about it. Now, Jordan, of course, another point that people have made on Twitter is, well, why didn't they start it earlier? And that's something I can't know. Of course I'm, Hey, I'm, I, I'm, I could be with you on I that one. That's fine. Why are we doing a Sunday night race? People are saying uh, you could have got the whole race and it didn't rain all day. That's but, and it was also, it was also hotter than the earth's surface here. So, or sun surface, whatever, whatever's hotter than it was here today. <laughs> the earth surface is getting hot also, yeah, Jordan. That so. too. Well, it was hotter than Dickens here and it was miserable. This was not, you would not have a sporting event in this weather. It's not enjoyable. I wouldn't ask people to come out and sit in this and pay money to this. I get why they moved it to the evening. Now, could you maybe have done it an hour earlier? Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, possibly, but I, I go back to what I said, like it is a trade-off and the trade-off is, TV is offering you this opportunity to be Sunday night, take it. It's a big night, take it. And again, it's much better than what we've seen in years past here where they've done, you know, mid-afternoon starts 
and it's not comfortable. It's not fun. And Atlanta's had issues with attendance. They're trying to figure out how to get more people coming off this racetrack. Having it at night, they hope, is a better way to do that. For me, for what I saw tonight, the crowd looked pretty decent. I don't know what was better than last year, but it certainly seemed better. So I, I get the move. I, I hear the logic, but it's a lot of 2020 hindsight because I also would say this. If you start this race earlier, there would have been a whole bunch of people complaining, and you also would not have had people in the grandstand. Well, and also, let's be honest. I mean, there's been some huge thunderstorms coming in the afternoon in Atlanta. With, yeah. I mean, it's it's Atlanta in the summertime. Like, it's, you know, it's, not, it's just, it is what it is. I mean, we saw a week ago, we were in a city that has just gone through a drought. And then in one day, they got more rain than they had for the last 30. Like, it just, sometimes you just, you're bad luck. And I mean, you can, you can say what you want, but I don't know what NASCAR is supposed to do here. Like, you, you may, you, you try to appease everybody. This seems like the best solution of, well, let's get these fans out of the heat and in bad conditions. And let's try to put it at night and make it easier on everybody. Oh, by the way, we're going to be in prime time. Like it, it's, it's a win. It is a, it is a win. I'm still not sold on the Sunday night thing. I need to see a little bit more. I mean, the Nashville thing, they tried it. Um, you know, I, I guess it was okay. Um, you know, I, I get the argument here. Um, but the fact is like, you're not going to, that's not a decision that was made today. So if no. you're criticizing, um, you know, I don't understand what the criticism is today. Now, if people are saying that they could have moved up the start time, well, the policy is you can move up the start time by one hour with 24 hours notice. So it was, can I just say this too? It was only 50, 50 chance of rain. I think it was 40% chance. Okay. Well, even yeah. that, even that, yeah. I mean, so it's not like it was a 85, you know, you didn't know it was kind of a crapshoot. And so, okay. So if you'd gotten another hour, would you finish the race? Probably now, on race day, if they'd seen the race, you know, they seen the rain coming, right. They could have moved it up about 20 minutes, you know, maybe to, cause it, the green flag was at seven twenty, So they probably could have moved it close to seven where they would have come on the air and, you know, started the race as they did with Nashville kind of situation, right. When they moved that race up 17 yep. minutes. So, okay. Yes. You, maybe you add another 17 minutes of racing before the rain comes. Okay. You're still not getting the race in. And so somebody is still going to be upset with whoever's leading the rain comes. How did this happen? When did this happen? Why? Okay. You know, it's just, I, 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 I just am look, I know probably today I'm sounding like a NASCAR apologist. I'm absolutely happy to criticize NASCAR when I feel like NASCAR deserves criticism in this case, I'm just not seeing where the outrage is coming from. I got almost uh, over a thousand replies on Twitter when I asked why people are mad. So people are mad. <clears throat> um, well, and, 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 I, and I read your replies because I kind of wanted to prepare for this. And someone were like, well, they wasted a bunch of laps and a caution. It was raining. They like literally drops were falling down the track. Now, it wasn't a lot, but it was raining. So to sit there and say, oh, go back to green. They're not going to do that. It, I mean, imagine, imagine what would have happened. If they said, it's, it's only drizzling, let's go back. And they said, thumbs up from the drivers and the drivers yeah. are like, uh, okay. And they sure. go back and they wreck the field just like they did at Daytona. Imagine what the fans would say then. Oh my it, gosh. You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. And, it, and, and in these situations, it's probably better to err on the side of caution than to go the other way. Cause we've seen what the other way does. Yeah. So anyway, that's the. The rain conversation. I don't really know. There's much more add to add to that, honestly. Can I, um, I've oh, got something go. to piggyback. I got something to piggyback off of this, and it, we, you and I, kind of talked about this on Friday in a, in a phone conversation, and I think it reinforced it tonight. The race distance tonight was just under 300 miles. Can, why are these races 400, 500 miles? Why is why? I mean, 300 miles is a pretty good distance. We didn't talk about it in the podcast last week. I didn't think about it, but last week's race was cut by 25 laps. That 75 laps was perfect. Like we didn't need hundred laps of that race. That was a perfectly, that was enough of a, a race where you're like, that was great. I want more of that. And not too much where you're like, Oh, okay, enough. And and I felt like tonight, yeah, tonight could have gone a little bit longer, you know, nice 300, you know, nice round 300 number would have been perfect, but it wasn't that far off. And like, I think we need to start looking at that a little bit too, as we start talking about TV times and when to start races and weather and all of this stuff, like shorter races, are not a bad thing. Yeah. So let's see. 
you said, okay, so actually I think this is only about 277 miles tonight. Okay. So we're, but, we're 23 miles away from three. And again, I would add, I would add 23 more miles. Let's make this a nice round 300. Yeah. So if you do that, okay. So the, you did the, they end up doing two, 277 miles in two hours and 34 minutes. Um, yeah. I mean, you add, you, there's no reason that this needs to take another hour, honestly. This, Especially I mean, when first of all, first of all, this race was spectacular. So I'm not saying I didn't enjoy the racing, Absolutely. but it was great. part of the racing being this good again is the urgency, the urgency mm-hmm. of the rain coming, the urgency of that. We only know we have so much time left. I don't know that the, we would have seen the same product if it's like, all right, we've got, there's no rain coming. You know, we've got plenty of laps left. Let's take our time here. I mean, like Keslowski, for instance, he was, I, I was listening to for whatever reason, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to listen to Keselowski and TJ Majors tonight because TJ is so good on the radio at these races. So I just parked it on his radio the entire night. And mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he was running wow. around, I don't know, 15th, 17th, something for a decent amount. He was, he was outside the top 10. Then he kind of gets up there and they, they tell him, Hey, start going. He's making moves. Busher's leading. And then he really makes moves because he felt the urgency. He was, it was time to go. Um, Again, we've seen over and over again, there's there's not that much incentive aside from, you know, of course, stage points. Sure, at the end of stages. But if you're not in position to get stage points and, you know, it's I, I just I don't know. Like, I think there's a lot to be said for urgency. I don't know how you replicate the feeling of the rain's coming. It could end at any time. Um, oh, I mean, I think what the the solution is, Jeff, is we don't give them the race distance, and we just have like a mystery lap, like every it's spin like, the wheel of the, wheel. of the exactly. mystery lap. Yeah, <laughs> this is and, it. They're like halfway through like stage one or stage two. Like this is it, guys. We've got thirty laps to go. Oh, only five to go. Once you reach once you reach lap one hundred and fifty, <laughs> the wheel has been spun, and the teams don't know what it is, and then they reveal it, and they're like, only oh, twenty five laps left. They're like, ah, love it. Yeah. And then, then it really gets crazy. Yeah. But, um, anyway, I, I don't know. So I, I really don't have anything more to say about the weather itself, but, uh, I, I mean, I'm happy to talk more about the racing because that, I just thought, I don't know. I just, the, the old, the old Daytona type style of super speedway racing, we sort of thought was gone, um, for, I mean, once Daytona got repaved, we just haven't really seen that where the handling was the issue, the slick track, the summer race. And you even heard drivers talking around the radio. I mean, and you said earlier in the podcast, I really think this is the closest thing we've seen to that where you have a drafting style feel, but handling still involved. Um, the cars are not just stuck to the track and Hey, it makes for a show when they got to drive it. So that's, Checks the box for me, you know? We've talked about in this podcast, like sometimes you don't, in NASCAR, you don't always see the driver's ability showcased because of the car or because of the tracks or whatever, where in other forms of racing, Formula One or IndyCar, you can see like these guys are like the edge of control. You know, Atlanta or Kansas this year was an example of that, where we knew these guys were on, on the edge of control. We could see how hard they were working and their ability was coming out. I thought the same thing tonight. There was times where these cars were jumping all over the place. Drivers had to wrestle. Tyler Reddick's near crash. We hung on to it. Um, there, and there's numerous examples. That, that's, that, to me, puts NASCAR in a great light of people watching this going, I can't do that. These guys are incredible. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you. I, I mean, this is something we've <clears throat> kind of struggled with at times, especially with the next-gen car, where – like, how do we tell who, who are the good drivers anymore in some cases? Right. Um, and in, you know, the whole, the whole 550 package era, I think was part of that too. But I mean, if you can see the guys wheeling it, it may, it, it's the same thing. It's the same. One of the reasons we love the street course last week, right? It challenged them. Yeah, absolutely. It, it made it, 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 we knew it was hard for them. We knew that some of the best drivers were making mistakes. We mm-hmm. want, that's what we want to see. We don't want it to be super easy. We want it to see how hard it is at the top level of NASCAR. So it's great. Loved it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. William Byron wins the race, his fourth win of the year. He had only won four races in his entire career before that, uh, before the season. Um, but one thing that's interesting is, you know, he started the season off well, then he gets the penalty, right? One gets overturned, but then he gets the other penalty, the 60-point penalty, loses playoff points as well. And it's like, well, he was gonna—he was probably going to win the regular season championship, but so much for that in a way. Well, now, Jordan, he's stormed all the way back, and he is now <laughs> leading the regular season championship points uh, by 21 over Martin Truex Jr., takes the points lead. It's almost like a ball-don't-lie moment where mm-hmm. uh, you know he gets him back anyway. If you give him his 60 points back, he's up by 81. So he's having a heck of a season. Um, you didn't need this rain-shortened win today to know that, but um, it certainly helps him, and it certainly get, helps get his regular season position and his playoff points back to a better place where you're thinking, okay, yep, it, it seems like a Byron breakout year. Well, And it's that, and in addition to the, the bonus points you get for each win, he's got a good chance to win the regular season. So you add both of those together. Which is three more all, wins. Yeah, and all of a sudden you're looking at this going, well, he's going to get out of round one probably for sure now because those bonus points are going to go a long way unless he completely falls off the earth. And you would think in round two that's going to – I want to say it's a lock because that's not true, but he's like that's certainly going to help him go a long way. So almost you almost have to pencil him in at this point of making the final eight, that, that round of eight. That's a, that's a big thing. And so it shows you the value of winning the regular season. It shows you the value of winning races. If you can do both of those together, that's uh, it, it's a recipe we have seen Kyle Busch do, Martin Tricks, and Chase Elliott do in recent years. And it's served them very well. And it seems like it's going to serve William Byron very well. Meanwhile, um, you know, close calls for Daniel Suarez, who's looking for a win. He would have been uh, would have made it three in a row for Trackhouse with three different drivers. That would have been Oof, unbelievable. I don't know if that's happened. In, I mean, maybe it's happened before in NASCAR history. I, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd be you would think at know. some point maybe like a Hendrick or a Gibbs with the four-car powerhouse teams, maybe. I don't know. But it would be pretty damn hard, obviously. Yeah, it can't happen um, too much. Well, yeah. Can I ask you – oh, go ahead and finish that, and I'll, I'll get a circle. But I get this, I'm going to ask you a question related to this. Well, just – I mean, below them, you know, the next three guys – uh, Suarez, Almendinger, McDowell, obviously all needed a win, yep. but aside from not getting the win, I mean, for all three of those guys, I mean, the, the, the points that they get was huge and Suarez and McDowell now move, they've each moved up two spots into the playoffs. They were both out of the playoffs to start this, this evening. Um, now Suarez is 15th in points, McDowell 16th, Bubba Wallace falls out. Ty Gibbs falls out. Um, Bowman falls Further, Bowman um, ended up finishing 26 after his incident where a few weeks ago he was 16th and you're like, oh, wow, he's completely erased that problem. And then he's just had some some bad numbers lately. Um, Chase Elliott, as you've been noting, the score one in your column here because Chase Elliott actually lost ground tonight. Um, he finished 13th, but his competitors now, his competitors not Ty Gibbs now because Ty Gibbs um, – fell, fell down so much. So his competitor now is McDowell and he lost points to McDowell. So now, uh, Elliot is 60 points out with seven races left. Is that? Yeah. Seven races to go. Seven races to go. So it makes it a little bit harder now. Margin of error. And it comes down to, here's my question for you. Yeah. Well, it was a good point tonight for Michael McDowell and Daniel Suarez and that both of them, especially McDowell, by the way, is in a points position to make the playoffs. Do you leave here? If you're them, do you leave here happy and saying, hey, we had a great opportunity tonight. We had great points tonight. We're in a good spot. Happy with that? Or do you leave here kind of lamenting the fact that we let one get away because winning would have locked us in the playoffs, whereas the position we're in now is pretty tenuous? And I think it's fair to say in Michael McDowell's case, at least for sure, can he keep this up for seven more weeks? I, I don't think so. And so – how do you feel if you're them tonight? Are you happy with where you finished and what you did tonight? Or are you looking at this going, oh, man, this is a missed opportunity? I think it's two different answers. I think if you're Suarez, you're like, dang, oh, man, I wish we could have 
we were so close. We were one spot close. We could have locked ourselves in with a whim. You know, he probably feels like he really could have used that. McDowell, I mean, hanging on with his tiny, tiny, tiny amount of fuel. I think you're thanking your lucky stars that that situation yeah. worked out for you. If you run out of fuel, let's see. <laughs> so there was 27 cars on the lead lap. Oof. If he runs out of fuel, he probably goes, especially if it's still, I don't know if it's still under caution or whatever. Whenever he runs out, he probably goes from fourth to 27th. 23 points. I mean, that's a huge, yeah. So I think if you're him, you're like, wow, boy, did we get a great break tonight. I mean, it's, you know, he was never in position where you're like, oh, McDowell's going to win this thing. Where Suarez, I think, was up there a little bit more and maybe had more of a shot, especially to finish second. You think, man, what what could we have done just a little bit differently? So I think it's two different answers. I think it's a great question. But yeah, and of course, I don't, yeah, I, I, I have less faith in McDowell's team. I mean, you look at Bubba Wallace falls out, right? But with tracks like Michigan coming up and places like that, like, aren't you more confident that Bubba's going to? Although I will say, I, I start to say that, and I think, well, you got two road courses, road courses, up and you know they're both really good at Daytona. I don't, you know, it's kind of a wash, and that's where yeah. I, I kind of go back and forth. If I'm McDowell, I'm like, yeah, we we kind of we kind of stole a bunch of points tonight, but the opportunities for him to win aren't necessarily there on a week to week basis all the time. And this was one that you got away that, that that slipped away. Whereas Suarez, we we have seen that team have the ability to run up front on a variety of tracks more often. And so, you know, I don't know. I, it's it, it's an interesting thing. I, I mean, I honestly at the end of the day, I don't know if it's going to matter because I still still think Chase Elliott's going to win a race. Um, and you do? I do. I do. You know, I mean, he was he came in tonight on three straight top five finishes. Like he's been running better. What race is he going to win? He's got seven chances left. I mean, he could win conceivably just about any of them. Honestly, well, he could. But you're saying he's going to? I'm. I've kind of lost my faith that. Why? They've been running. I mean, they've been running sneakily better. Like, I mean, like I said, they had three straight top five finishes coming in. They were starting to do things. They were starting to look like the team that they usually are. I mean, you I can't mean, just turn it on. I mean, you can't just. I don't be think like, they. I don't think they've turned it on. I think they've. I mean, you look at their numbers. No, I'm they saying. Got, I'm saying. At this point, okay, like, is he going to go to New Hampshire and win? Yeah, he could. I don't okay. know. I mean, he. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he won at Pocono a year ago. He, he's he's really good at Michigan. What do we got left? We've got New Hampshire, yep. Pocono, yeah, Richmond, Richmond, where his where his team, by the way, finished second um, in this spring race, and Hendrick dominated earlier this year. Okay, well, you're gonna have to beat Byron and Larson. That's fine. And Bowman, who's okay too. Well, he's running better than Bowman right now, and he has more consistency than yeah. Larson has. So, yeah. Um, and then after that, you go Richmond, and then you go Indy Road uh, Course or yeah, Indy Road Michigan. Go Michigan Indy Road Course, Watkins Glen, Daytona. I mean, that's that's conceivable. He could win any. I mean, I'm not. No, I've just, never said that he can't win. I'm just saying he's running out of chances here. Oh no, I don't. I mean, no, no, I mean, no, don't get me wrong. Don't get, I mean, hundred percent agree. Each passing week that goes by with you don't win, and especially tonight when you you really are losing points now. Like, and it goes back to what I said. Each passing week that you don't go back with a win, like the pressure is going to start mounting, and you're like, oof, okay, you know. I I just think at the end of the day that these guys are in a position to get a win. Now, again, you you go to New Hampshire and you don't win. You go to Richmond and you don't win, and all of a sudden you got five races to go. Um, that gets a little, I'll tell you what, I don't, I, I think it's very realistic and I would put money on it. I don't think all four hundred cars get in the playoffs at this point. No, no. Cause I'm not I, seeing, I just, I'm not seeing Bowman is really falling back now. He needs a win. And he, that, that you talk about performance, that team is not, they don't have it. He, I mean, when he got up to 16th in points or when he was like right there after missing all those races, you're like, wow, super impressive because he'd had such a strong season before that and everything. Um, he was leading the points at one. I mean, he was leading the yeah. points. Yeah, absolutely. And then, he you know, the you're just like, you, you know, the, the fact that they've had three or whatever, how many bad weeks now to lose their ground. I mean, all the way back to 22nd in points. Um, that's too much ground to make up, I think, points-wise. So really? now you're like, okay, well, is Bowman going to win? And, you know, I, I'm not seeing that right now. 
And again, the same question for Elliot. I mean, Bowman and Elliot are, are right next to each other in points at this at this time. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't think all four hundred cars are going to make it. I'm not even sure more than two are going to make it. Let's be honest. It might be only two hundred cars. That would be the Very shock awesome. of the shock of the year. But man, those, those, all those points you missed by uh, missing races sure going to come back and bite you in the butt. Well, I mean, it's I'd have to give one in your column for that too. It's a big um, column at this point. Oh, you're always right, aren't you? I didn't say that. Did not say that. Did not say that. Not always right. Just often. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's 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 very interesting. I mean, you could have a situation where um, all the uh, all the Penske drivers don't make it. All the Gibbs drivers don't make it. Obviously, all the SHR drivers don't make it. Um, and all the Hendrick drivers don't make it. Whereas a few years ago, you'd be like, oh yeah, I can just pencil everybody from all those teams right yeah. into the playoffs. You know, well, I remember like when the playoffs, like the first couple of years, you're always like, okay, well, I mean, if you're driving for Hendrick, you should never miss the playoffs. You know, Penske like, no. And as this has played out, we have seen the Jimmy Johnson miss it. We've seen Tony Stewart. I mean, like the list goes on and it's, it's no given and things happen during the course of the year. And here we are. Yeah. At this time, the only, uh, teams that would have like everybody make it right. Like it's in terms of everybody in the playoffs. Cause I mean, if, if Bubba gets in, then both 2311 cars, but right sure. now he's not in, you could have both track house cars in if Suarez is able to get in. Um, and then RFK RFK has both solidly in the points right now. Um, other than that, yeah, you're not going to have most, both children's cars make it the way things are looking. So very odd year where you're not going to have, you know, sort of a team wide dominance in the playoffs. It seems like so. It's gonna be interesting. Yeah. Thanks. Uh oh. Did you just say jinx? Yeah, we said the same thing at the exact same time. Oh, yeah, we did that earlier tonight. <laughs> we did. Yeah, too. we do that a lot actually. Oh well, same brain, I guess. After after talking for so many years, mm-hmm. um, what else from tonight stuck out? I, I, you know, when we started this podcast, I was, I was thinking to myself, this isn't going to be a very long podcast. Cause I just don't know <laughs> We're, we, we don't have like the, well, this manufacturer, I mean, you would have had Ford up there, but Ford loses another chance to get a win. This could have been a really big night for the, I mean, they, what they started in the top six, top six, all Fords from qualifying. You're like, Oh, super speedway. And just the way it shook out, uh, it just wasn't a Ford night. Um, you can't really judge performance off an Atlanta race because it's super speedway type thing. So yeah, I just, I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? Well, I mean, what else jumps I mean, out to you? RFK was, I mean, yes, you can't judge overall season long performance off of this, but what RFK continues to do, you know, whether it's on road courses or intermediates, they've got both drivers right now in the playoffs and they continue to impress me with how far they have come. They, they are knocking on that door. They, they still have that. They got to make that next big step, which is really hard to do. But Brad is running better. Now Chris is running good every single week. It feels like doesn't matter the style of track. It seems like they're in the mix and yeah, they, they, they've got to win. They've got to cat, you know, they got to take that next big step, but they, what they've been able to do this year is has been good and tonight was one that if you're them you feel like you probably got one you let one get away but the circumstances being what they were you can't do it and the other thing a part of this too is how about brad keselowski i mean in the spring you come here and you were i don't know how you know you were so close to winning and snapping that long losing streak and you finish second and then you come here you know you have a great run and and almost win this thing it's like Atlanta owes him one. I feel like, yeah, it's tough. I mean, I was just watching this race and again, listening to he and TJ, I mean, just, they are just both so good at what they do on drafting tracks. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, if there was a hall of fame for, I mean, they're, you know, Brad's going to be in the hall of fame anyway, but there was a hall of fame for, for drafting tracks alone. I mean, Brad is just like an all time great when it comes his just, instincts are so good like he knows you know what you know what i like about him 
is he, he, he makes, he decides he's going to make a move and he commits to doing it. There's no hesitation. There's no pausing. It's I'm doing it. And that I think is a huge difference because a lot of times you see guys a little hesitant, like afraid to make a move or, Oh yeah, I'm clear, but am I really clear? And they're just not there. It's like, there's none of that with Brad. It is a, I am doing this. I'm doing this now. And it's like, he knows what's going to happen. He knows what to do, how to be defensive, and he also is really good at anticipating what other people are going to do and then countering that. By the way, uh, Stephen Stump from Front Stretch, who's really good at looking up stats and all this stuff, tweeted that this is the first time uh, that NASCAR has had back-to-back shortened races since 2003. Wow. Because obviously last week was shortened due to darkness. No. So 2003. So this had wow. not happened in the whole uh, chase slash playoffs era. 20 until years. Now. It's crazy. Yeah. Interesting, huh? What did you think of the whole uh, Harvick tribute? Did you like that? You're a history buff. Yeah, it was good. It was cool to see. It was fun. He seemed to get into it, which is fine. And it's. Uh, That's it? I thought you'd be more uh, like, wow, that was pretty. I honestly, I barely saw it. So oh. I saw the, I saw it later. I mean, it's good. I think it's cool. It's. I mean, obviously, this this track for for him is in, in RCR has got special connections, and I, I it was good to see, and, and you could tell that Richard liked it a lot too. So, yeah, no helmet for Richard. Yeah, he's fine. How fast was he going? He couldn't have been going that fast. Yeah, I guess I don't know. He had his belts on. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought it was really cool. I thought it was the best Harvick tribute so far. We've sort of been waiting for like the Harvick tributes to sort of ramp up. Um, he hasn't got any rocking chairs or anything like that. Like the rusty Mark Martin retirement tour back in the day. Um, yeah. but you know, he's, he's gotten a few tributes, but now that he's coming back to tracks for the last time, um, where, you know, most of the tracks so far had been like, well, he'll come back here later. So we don't really need to do anything right now. We've except got for, a like, lot Fontana. of tracks though, where, I mean, even in Fontana, which is basically his home track, there wasn't, you were there. Was there anything there that they did for him they did something didn't they didn't he did he pace the field of the four wide or something i, I think he remember. like well, maybe but i don't know yeah. that's not really sonoma they the- inducted him into the walk of or their wall of fame i think um yeah there hasn't been like big gestures so far maybe but. I, and I mean I, i'm pretty convinced like we had that run there of the, the well when jeff gordon did his retirement tour and he was getting gifts like what he got in yules one week and got little like, ponies from eddie gossage yeah right ponies from Eddie gossage the best one was the kentucky he got in kentucky he got a bunch of whiskey which was look amazing um and i think other driver i mean we've heard this other drivers have said they, they saw this and they're like yeah i don't want to go through the you know dog and pony show of this every single week or every week they're dragging on all these gifts and everything else and it's like we're good so well i think atlanta especially with harvick's but, history there yes, the, the place there where harvick special- became a thing and yeah no no I mean, in this instance though like you, it is worth doing something special and the other thing is too though this really wasn't asking anything of Kevin to do anything additional, but, you know, putting him in a, in a spot where, you know, he had a, like, no, no one's handing him ponies and he has to sit there and be like, act excited about, I just got two ponies. What the hell am I going to do with these stupid things? You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, but, I, I mean, this was, that. yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was just a, Hey, we need you to drive around the track and, you know? Yeah. I mean, what's, where are the more, uh, you know, the, the, the final, big special things that you want to see him honored. Where are the tracks that, I mean, obviously Phoenix is going to be, it's not only his best track, but it's his final race. So that's going to be like a really big one. Yeah. Um, and the championship. Um, that's a good question. Let me look at the schedule. I gotta look at the schedule quick. I mean, um, I, I would say that I would say Indianapolis cause he's had a lot of success. Yeah. There. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that, a good one. Um, boy, that's a really like to me. Fontana was the one track where I thought you could kind of get away with something. Let's see. Um, isn't he Michigan? He's really good at Michigan. He's always been really good at Michigan. He's obviously raced a ton at Martinsville. Oh, Bristol, 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 Bristol. Bristol's definitely the one. I mean, there's so many good and bad, not bad necessarily, but memorable, whether it's winning races there, um, whether it's, you know, confronting. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, Jeff. <laughs> Are you going to release the tape that weekend, Jordan? No chance. Never have shown anybody. Never. That's will the show weekend anybody. you should do it. You should, to honor Kevin Harvick, you should say, and now I'm going to play the tape. Maybe from- he and I could do like a sit down. We could do like a special teardown sit down and we could watch the tape together and we could like each give our perspective on things. There you go. He can replace me as co-host that week. That'd be great. 
Yeah, he would. He would probably be very thrilled by that. <laughs> um. All right. Anyway, um, did you have a take on the the Justin Haley Xfinity thing? Because I know people have their their feelings about that. I feel like we're going to end up on the same spot on, again, which is obviously the minority again. Nobody seemed to believe Justin Haley for the Xfinity race that he was sputtering on fuel, and that's why he didn't push Daniel Hemrick or help Daniel Hemrick or whatever. What uh, and what evidence are they offering to support that opinion? Well, that he kept going around the track. We see that all the time. I mean, we see it though. The guys will, you know, I mean, Michael McDowell was supposed to be, how many laps ago was Michael McDowell supposed to be out of fuel and he went 91 laps tonight. So, I mean, it does happen. It's not unprecedented. And also his teammate, by the way, ran out of fuel too. So I, I don't know. I, 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 I agree. To, I believe you. I, I, I mean, I, see I, a I, lot. yeah, I think I Justin Haley was sputtering. And so he got down low to not cause a wreck and maybe there's a movie could have made. I don't know, but, um, things happen. And I, I really don't think, I, I don't know. I just, why would you it's get not, out of the car and say, why would you get out of the car? And that be your excuse. If that wasn't the case, you would come up with something else like, Oh, I thought I just made the wrong move or I thought he was going to do this or miscommunication or something like that. Rather than I was spurring on fuel and I got down low to stay out of the way or in case yeah. I, in case I ran out of fuel, I, that just, that's a very specific yeah. thing and to come up not, with. So. Like, it's, it's not unprecedented to say like you're coming to the line and you, you didn't get the restart you wanted to, or you, your car bobbles or something, or, you know, kind of hiccups. You're like, Oh, I'm out of fuel. But it's like, no, you just, you know, for whatever reason, there's no grip, there's no traction, you know, just, it just, you just slows down. I will say this post race after the extended release last night, Chris Rice and Matt colleague were sitting there laughing and joking with Justin Haley. And they did not look like, you know, three guys who were not on the same page. So Hmm. Okay. Know, if, if Justin Haley was pissed off or, you know, whatever, or they were mad at him for whatever, it, it certainly didn't come across that way. And Pitt Road is they're sitting there laughing and joking. All right. Well, should we do the good race poll? I feel like we're milking a podcast that for a race. That no, we got, like, we're done. we got everything now. Let's, okay. uh, All right. Um, let's see Chicago. Oh, uh, who won last week? I guess you did. I guess I'm pretty sure it was spot on. Yes, I think you got uh, almost within like a couple tenths of a percent. Yeah. After I said, uh-huh. I, I said there was no way I I. But here's the thing. Oh yeah, I'm, go ahead. I'm actually happy I was wrong. <laughs> no, I am because it restores your faith in uh, humanity. I was thinking that people were people hated the Chicago race. So they were going to vote it too low because they didn't like Chicago and they weren't really going to judge the race on. Hey, it was actually a good race, but they did. They voted it. It was a good race and they voted it. I mean, they voted that way. So that was, I would, that was a nice, uh, that was a relief to me. I, I was like, well, that's nice. I didn't expect that obviously. But yeah, when you said that, I was like, absolutely not. No way. I was wrong. Yeah. Well, um, you get to go first for this one. Good luck. I, I know I'm going to go high and I'm going to regret. I, I'm torn because part of me, like, I personally think this was a good race. So I've got a number in mind, but I also saw your Twitter mentions and there were some upset people. So <laughs> trying to figure out how that uh, factors in. I'm going to say, I'm going to, here's an average one. I'm going to, I was going to go 82, but with the rain and everything else that plays down, I'm going to scale it back. I'm going to go 77 is the guess, 77%. So. I would personally vote it in the nineties, right? Like, cause I think it was awesome. Like, I really do think it was one of the best races of the year. I think it needed a finish, like a natural, or not a natural finish, but it needed to, you know, he needed that. He needed to race. The oh, sure. I mean, that would have yeah. been nice, but it was freaking awesome. Like the action that I got sure. as a viewer was like, this is thrilling. This is great stuff. So, um, yeah, but like, obviously, like you said, there's a lot of people that we could see on Twitter that were like, no, nah, I didn't like this. So how many of those people will vote it down because of that? That's what I'm, that's what I'm wondering. Right. And there's st- also the fact that a lot of people still miss the old Atlanta. Yeah, maybe I think less after tonight. Like, I think if you're keeping an open mind, like I am, look, I, I say, well, I didn't like that. They did this. I think it was a mistake. Why are they doing this? They're not going to be able to go back if it doesn't work. Um, 
And now I think, wow, that was a pretty good decision. <laughs> so Can we just good, say this too? On, I just yeah. want to make sure we're clear on this too. I don't want to see this everywhere. Like we said it, you know, in the No, no, no. And, I still think this is enough. I, I, Six super speed races is enough. 100%. No, I don't need to see this at Texas, which they're not going to do. You know, I don't want to see this anywhere else. Like this no. is just keep it here in Daytona and Talladega and that's it. We're Even good. if you have 80 a year, that's too much. That's then you're like, oh, here's Big another news. one. Um, I think they're spaced out just fine because now the next one is not till the end of the regular season. So seven more weeks. So mm-hmm. that's fine. Okay. Yeah. Let's just keep it like that. Six. It's enough. Perfect. Nobody else do this, but yes, Atlanta did the right thing. Kudos to them. Didn't think it would work. I didn't even think it was possible to make a mile and a half into a track like this. I never really announced it. I was like, what? They're going to do what? That yeah. it's- anyway. So my guess is going to be, I'll just say 83. I do think it would hmm. be high. I just, yeah, I, I think it's going to be in the eighties, but I don't know why I would doubt you at this point because you just you seem doubt. to like nail the, um, you doubt me for, you doubt me all the time for everything. It's okay. Yeah, it's true. I do. No, it's, it's, it's accurate. Um, all right. So 77, you said 77 is my guess. All right. Big Joe wall is going to update us on threads now. Ooh. Yeah. Um, by the way, we're both on threads. My, yeah. I'm Jeff underscore Gluck there. Uh, I don't know what you're, are you the same username as same Twitter? username? Uh, no, because it's my Instagram. So Instagram it's, Jordan, it's Jordan M. Bianchi. Okay. What's your middle name? Mitchell. 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 What? I never knew this. Yeah. I don't know your middle name. What's yours? Matthew. Jeffrey Matthew. Huh, okay. What were you, you're frowning? I've had this name for 42 years. Now you're going to be like, yeah, eh, I don't love that. It's, it's, it's kind of generic. <laughs> okay. Jordan Mitchell, huh? Okay. You don't meet Mid-May Mitchells. There's not many Mitchells out there. Mitch. Can I start calling you Mitch? Absolutely not. Oh, you don't like that. I, well, I've never actually had anybody ever called me that in my life. So I have no idea how I would, you know, Oh man, this is, I don't cool. even think I would, I don't even think I would respond because I've never been called that in my life and I wouldn't even think about it. The only, literally the only person who ever calls me by my middle name is my mom when she's pissed at me, which still happens to this day. Wow. She's like Jordan Mitchell Bianchi. hundred percent. Yeah. Wow. There's usually an F bomb somewhere in there too. <laughs> <laughs> my mom will use my full name. Oh, not anymore. But uh, never with the F-bombs. That's that's uh, interesting. Wow, Mitch. All right. Well, we have something to troll you with. So, Yeah, I can't. There's no influence on you whatsoever. So. By the way, the radar shows that it's still raining in Atlanta with more to come. I can't. You know, I'm literally looking out a window here in this wonderful room I'm in. And I, I, I can't tell if it's raining. You can't see me poke my head. I can see the windows are wet because it rained. But I don't know if it's still raining. No, so. I'm looking at the radar right now. It's still dark green and there's orange and yellow on the way. More. But when I walked over here, there was, it was, it was a very light sprinkle. Oh, okay. So, well, but, I guess but they could have gone li- back to. I don't know. I, I don't know. But there was kidding. also lightning in there. No, yeah. like, I mean, it was, don't do that, please. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, why don't they restart the race now? They could run. It's like, dude, it's 12.05. Like, come on. What are we doing here? 12.05 on a Monday morning. Yeah. 12.05 on a Monday morning. Yeah. Like, we're not a, not this a race, Sunday. This race was, this race was. Just fine the way it was. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, New Hampshire next week. Neither of us are going, so we'll be back in our respective home studios for that one. And then I'll be at Pocono. That'll be, be cool. Fun. Yeah. Be good. So, uh, everybody, of course, thanks as always for listening, and we will talk to you next time on The Terror. See you, everybody.